I remember the first time I was on the Rubin Report, I was a little worried about going on because I didn't trust Dave entirely. I don't know if he even trusted me entirely. We didn't know each other. And he was a guy that was on the Young Turks. And he had written and said things about me that I thought were completely untrue. He was the left of the left for a long time. Then he had an awakening. And when I first sat down with him, he was a diehard libertarian. He voted for Gary Johnson in 2016. I think we sat down the first time, maybe 2014. Um, and we have so much in common. I'm a libertarian. He's a libertarian. He didn't vote for Trump. I didn't vote for Trump. This time we're both voting for Donald Trump. Uh, his evolution has been fascinating to watch. He is honest. He is willing to ask the tough questions of himself and then apply them. In his own life. That's the hard part. You can go on a search for truth, but if it's just theoretical, if you're not willing to really apply it consistently throughout your life, it doesn't mean anything. Fascinating conversation about where we are as a nation, where we are politically. Are we on the edge of a civil war? And in seeing that he has spent so much time with progressives, radicals, and regular democrats we begin there tell me do those regular democrats like the kind i grew up with in my family do they still exist oh i love these people who say oh 2020 it's been so weird i i can't wait to get to 2021 <laughs> it's gonna get worse before it gets better because of all the chaos happening in our very own communities we have had to ensure that our own reporters at Blaze TV that are brave enough to be on the scene of this chaos in some of these cities like Philadelphia are protected for any situation they may face. Our own Elijah Schaefer has been confronted multiple times with extreme danger. <sighs> he was he was beaten up in Philadelphia this weekend. These are extreme times. How do you protect yourself? I it's bad i i'm wondering if i should tell you this i i i've i've bought ballistic armor for all of my family and my kids including my grandkids that's extreme but my life is different than most there are things that we uh are facing that are truly frightening so we got our armor, not only for our reporters, but also for my family as well. I bought it at AR500 Armor. These are the ones we turn to trusted with supplying the right ballistic body armor for different kinds of scenarios that our reporters and, God forbid, my family might find themselves in. AR500 Armor makes buying ballistic body armor easy, approachable, and affordable. You want to go drive downtown? I mean... Now, I want you to know they build a special package out that's 30% off for you that is perfect for anyone trying to ensure that they just have the right amount of protection for dangerous situations while maintaining affordability. Go to ar500armor.com slash Beck. See the package. Use the promo code Beck. Get 20% off everything else in their entire store. Plan now how to protect yourself and your family. Get yourself the body armor that I trust, that the Blaze trusts. AR500 Armor. AR500 Armor.com slash Beck. 
Hey, Dave. Okay. Glenn, how are you? I'm good. I, I want to spend some time with you um, to try to understand the other side a little better because I'm confused by America right now. Uh, and I used to think I knew who she was and I, I can't predict her. I have no idea what people are thinking. First of all, I truly believe there's a difference uh, between the average Democrat, the one who's just, you know, living their life, working hard, and the Democrats that are currently in power in Washington and the left. Is that true? Yeah, it's really true. And I can tell you it's really true because those are the Democrats that I come from. Uh, you know, we've talked about this a little bit before, but I, I grew up in New York. I grew up from a liberal Democratic family. But when I say liberal, and we've been through this many times before, I mean JFK liberal. I mean Ed Koch liberal, Daniel Patrick Moynihan liberal, liberals that were not afraid to talk actually about liberty, but perhaps they wanted more government involvement than say a libertarian or a traditional right. conservative was. The answer, the answer wasn't always government. And the other part that that really screwed up the liberals was was tossing away the individual. I I never grew up in the in the liberalism that I knew of, and and in the idea that we vote. My parents voted for Democrats. There was never this idea that more than anything else, you suddenly cared about people's gender and their skin color and all of these things. And that is what the new left represents. So, so when you say, do they still exist? Do the good, or you, you believe that they do exist? Well, they absolutely exist. They just don't know what to do with themselves right now. And I think most of them are sort of begrudgingly or quietly or on the DL becoming conservative. And, and maybe that also is just that things change over time and, and liberalism without the proper guardrails will always lead people back to conservatism because well, otherwise you're basically just going off the edge. And they do exist. And, and, I, and that's the group of people that I've probably been talking to more than, more than anybody else. And they're worried, man. They're, they mean, don't know what to do. They really don't. Don't you think, though, that conservatives, in, to some degree, and I mean this Overall, conservatives have also changed conservatives. You know, the GOP is something that conservatives didn't like too much, um, you know, too controlling real conservatives, constitutional conservatives. They love the country, but they love the, the Declaration of Independence and Constitution first. Um, they believe in those rights. And for so long, uh, conservatives were known as somebody who didn't believe in the individual right. They were just religious zealots that wanted to shove it down everybody's throat. And while there were those people, that's not the kind of conservatives that I knew. Um, mm -hmm. And I think now with both parties, maybe one being unveiled for what it really is. Well, both of them being unveiled for what they really are today. I don't I'm not sure that people are like becoming conservative. They just find themselves in a place to where they say, I can't believe I'm standing with these guys, but they make sense more than these guys. Yeah, well, it's. Yeah, it's by default, I suppose, right. more than anything else. It, it, it's that the rubber meets the road and you suddenly look around and you go, oh, well, if, if I believe that America is fundamentally decent, if I think that the Declaration of Independence was a good idea and the Constitution and the Bill of Rights are incredible, I mean, beyond incredible, there's no word to describe the, the level 
of significance, of, of power and freedom that they have given us generation after generation for 250 years, that, it's, that suddenly seems tenuous because we're considering ripping them up because one party at this point, at least the leadership of the party, maybe not the average person that calls themselves a Democrat that doesn't fully understand what's going on, but the thing that's powering Biden is the radical left. He's just the host. I mean, if this was the alien movie, he's he's Sigourney Weaver and mm. there's something brewing in his belly mm -hmm. that's gonna burst forth and, and everyone sort of knows it but, but people are afraid to say it. So yeah, it's sort of, I suppose, by default. And then the other interesting thing is that as I've been on this journey, what I consistently found is that the scary guys, the, the people that they tell you are the, the scary conservatives and the mean people and the racists and they hate women and they hate gays and all of these things, you know, people like that Glenn Beck guy and that Ben <laughs> Shapiro guy right. and, and, and all of you scary people. What I have consistently found is not only are you guys friendlier, you're more open, you're, you're more generous with, with time and, and emotions and, and you're happy to agree to disagree. And it, it's just, that's just the truth. It's been a bizarre truth for me to come to but when I hang out with now my conservative friends, despite what I would say at this point are really minor insignificant disagreements, we can, we can have a great time. And by the way, it's always not about politics. Where the lefties, mm -hmm. it's always about politics. Everything gets whittled back into the political worldview. And man, that is dangerous and depressing. And that explains why, why they're often so hysterical. You're gonna look at the world only through politics. You, you will be miserable, but they also feed on misery in a way that people who believe in liberty, who believe in freedom, my worldview is not whether the Congress is Republican or Democrat. You know what I mean? It's like, there's something much bigger out there. And, and that can kind of keep you sane in these crazy political times. But that's why so many people are, are kind of nuts right now. So do you think people who are those Democrats do have, do they just hate Donald Trump so much they're not looking at what's really happening to their party and how do they do they even think past how is this going to work out he doesn't look healthy that means kamala is or kamala is probably going to be the vice president and who's really running the show here yeah there's a couple things there i would say on the on the Biden-Harris part specifically, yeah, I mean, look, the guy's 77 now, and even though mainstream media won't show you the clips, everyone is seeing the clips on YouTube of the fumbling and the bumbling and the confusion and literally forgetting Trump's name and calling him George, mm -hmm. and then the media runs cover for him as if he's calling out George Lopez, but he was saying four more years of, and he forgot Trump's name as if he meant four more years of George Lopez. So so everyone can see that kind of stuff. I think the the, the crazy part of this is that they're willing to overlook it. They really are. They, they think that in some bizarre sense, that if you could just get Biden in, it's not because of Biden the man, it's somehow, oh, that's the old world. And if we can just reinstall the old world, the, the world from four years ago, the pre-COVID world, that, that Trump, that COVID, all of these, the, the, what feels like the political fight, all of these things will magically go away. I would argue they will exacerbate them in unimaginable ways because the old world can't come back. It mm -mm. cannot come back. That isn't to say there aren't good things from the old world that we should be taking to the new world. Of course there are. 
right? Th those documents from 250 years ago. We should be bringing them to the new world. But, but the new world is there, and I think they feel that, well, look, there's also a certain version of them that is, is the liberal elite, the institutional elite, and they hate people like Trump. You know, they, this man eats his steak well done with ketchup. He, he's got a spray tan, he talks off the cuff, he makes up people's names, all of those little things that you can either say, oh, those are the fun things about mm -hmm, him or mm -hmm. the crass things or whatever. You know, he's sort of Rodney Dangerfield in a certain way, and they really hate that. And I think also what they hate more than anything else, I just saw a piece written by, it was something like 15 liberal, liberal influencers who've been fighting against wokeness from, from the left perspective, but they wrote a piece together on why you shouldn't vote for Donald Trump. And the the funny thing about the piece, and this included people that you know of, like Steven Pinker and, mm -hmm, and that, that mm -hmm. whole crew, these are these are great intellects, of yeah. course. But but I read the piece, and at the end of it, I thought, well, Trump actually is getting stuff done. And in a weird way, that's what you guys fear more than anything else. You guys, and this is not a knock on, on Pinker or anyone else yeah, specifically yeah. in there. But you guys live in the intellectual layer where you like to talk about things. You like to be thought of as nice people. You like to say the right things about immigration while also protecting your little fiefdoms. And Trump, he's he's the brute guy that's that's holding the door as the barbarians are there. And you guys are pointing at him going, oh, ha ha, you know, look how he speaks. Listen to him talk, that guy. But meanwhile, he's the one holding the door. And I think disconnecting the liberals from their their intellectual, um, it's not to make fun of their, their intellectual mindset because that's actually good, but disconnect it from the, the part of that that makes them feel better than the conservatives who just kind of say it how it is and have to pay a price for it. I, I think that's part of the mess there. Hey, I want to talk about going from a dream about your life to actually living your life and doing the things you want to do, bettering yourself. Ashford University has an online bachelor's and master's degree program that allows you to learn on a convenient and flexible schedule. At Ashford, expert faculty teachers are there and they will teach you real world skills from real world experience in online classes built for life's twists and turns. I will tell you, Having somebody who's actually living in the real world. I've seen some of these media professors. They have no idea what they're talking about in media, what it's like today. They have no idea because they haven't, they haven't lived it. Now, you can learn from home or wherever you feel comfortable. You can pursue, pursue a degree in one of Ashford's 60-plus programs, business administration, uh, healthcare administration, psychology, with 24-7 access to your classroom, daily support, financial aid available. They give you all of the tools that get you from dreaming to doing. So do it. Your bigger future starts today at Ashford University. No fee to apply, no standardized testing required to enroll. Just go to ashford.edu slash back, ashford.edu slash back. Not available. Uh, not all programs are available in all states. There was a piece on Medium that I read a couple of days ago where someone the, the title was, what are we going to do with all these Trump supporters after Biden wins? What do you what do you yeah. what do you mean? 
Um, and truth, truth and reconciliation, man. Yeah. Well, this person said we should just love them. Do they deserve it? No. Would they do it for us? No. Uh, but we should just love them. I mean, when we left the Germans alone, they came up with Nazism. We need to do what we did to the Nazis in the 40s and the Japanese. And maybe we can bring them along. I found it so unbelievably insulting that because I have a different point of view than you, I'm suddenly a Nazi or an imperialist or a, a, a danger to everyone. There's how, first of all, how serious is the left with things like the truth and reconciliation? Look, when you see people like Robert Reich, who, you know, was in the uh, Clinton administration, when you see him literally talking about truth and reconciliation, you, you see other thought leaders in, in the never Trump, not that there's much of a thought there, but the never Trump movement, the David Frums of the world, these people who have gotten everything wrong always, and now they're preparing to be in power again. And what that will mean will be putting people on lists, people like you and people like me, people just because we we think differently than them. We, we believe in something different. And, and just like they're trying to craft a world that they wanna live in, we're trying to craft a world we wanna live in. The difference is in the world that you and I wanna create, Glenn, our room has world. Uh, our world has room for them, mm-hmm. and theirs doesn't have room for us. So I am concerned that they're going to try to do all sorts of things. I mean, this would sort of get us into the big tech portion of this, where there'll be further bannings. And and can you work with credit card companies? And can you get a phone? And all of these things. Dave, they, they love they love lists. They love this stuff. Dave, you're Jewish. Um, yeah. The, I feel as I was listening to you for the first time, I feel kind of like. I bet a lot of Jews felt in Germany where you're like, but that's so crazy. They'd never do that. And you look back now and go, all of the signs were there. They were telling you what they were going to do. How did you miss it? I Am I crazy for thinking that? You know, it's one of those things where you start thinking it and you go, oh, could we really be there? And that's part of why it's so hard to think about it in a clear way. Could we really be there? And I actually think the answer is yes. If these people were to get the institutional power, they will do all of the things that they purport Trump to believe in and to do that he never does. You know, our, our friend Ali Stuckey, who's on The Blaze, she just did this fantastic parody yeah. video of, of what it's like to be a Democrat. And one of the things she said basically was that, you know, you can say all of the things you want about Trump, right? Trump can tweet something on any given moment. He can tweet something. And then literally thousands of blue check verified journalists and actors and you know celebrities can all tell him he's going to rot in hell and go to jail and they want to kill him and they can post pictures of his decapitated head, all of these things. Guess what? The government doesn't come for any of these people. Trump doesn't come for any of these people. Uh, now, you may not like some of these things and he probably doesn't love them all, but but in other words, freedom of expression is not under assault right now from him. Now, try to imagine it the other way. Imagine Biden is president or Harris is president, and suddenly they tweet things out, and then every time they tweet something out, conservatives, the scary conservatives, start saying, you're going to end up in jail, we're going to kill you, we're going to take you out, you're a criminal, you're a Nazi. Guess what? They would love to use state power. They would use the power of the IRS. Let's not forget, obviously, that Barack Obama did that with the Tea Party. They basically are projecting all of the things that they would love to do uh, on Trump, 
those are the things that they would do if they Dave. had power. So the, the Nazi Germany thing, it's scary, man. And, and, and just try to imagine, try to imagine being, being a Jew or, or being anyone that was a, a, a free thinker back in 1930s Germany. And you see the temperature, it keeps rising, it keeps rising, it keeps rising. But to really be there in that moment and say, now is now's either the time to get out or now, now we've crossed some threshold and what do we do? Maybe we're there. I mean, maybe what we're is there. What is the, I, you know, I've been saying to, to my audience for a while now, where's your line? Because lines change as you go along, something they'll violate something that you would have said a year ago was insane. Yeah. And of course, I'm not for that. But you until you said this is the line, I won't cross this line. You just keep crossing them. And what you accept becomes more and more insane. So what is the line, Dave? Well, look, Glenn, uh, back in March, we were told two weeks to flatten the curve. We're shutting down for two weeks to flatten the curve. We are now at the, the last couple of days of October. And here in California, where I live, our, our governor, Gavin Newsom, who's the progressive governor who was the mayor of San Francisco and ruined San Francisco. There is no one on earth at this point that will tell you something good is happening in San Francisco. It's, it's an absolute nightmare. Uh, drugs, homelessness, crazy high... Uh, uh, rents and all of that stuff. Um, well, he's already telling us that three weeks from now, Thanksgiving, you can only have up to three families there. You have to do it outdoors. I mean, telling me what I have to do in my home. I assure you, if Gavin Newsom's watching this, I'm going to host Thanksgiving like we do every year. That's the one holiday that we host. And we're going to have as many people here as we want. And I'm going to do it partly indoors and maybe outdoors. I don't know. But, but that goes to the line question. We were told flatten the curve in two weeks. And now look at us. The world from February seems almost unimaginable already. We have allowed temples and churches to be closed, restaurants and, and where, I'm, where I live, I'm sure it's similar to what's going on with you guys in Dallas, just things closed everywhere, mom and pop stores closed, people's dreams literally trampled on, that's it. Your dream of owning your store, owning your restaurant, not only is it done for now, but the, the future dreams are being killed because it's hard enough to own uh, an independent store in the first place. But now when you know, oh, and at any given moment, the government could come in and, and stop it. So I know you're not asking all this related specifically to lockdowns, but the point is we give, we just give the power away. And in, and I would argue the line, it's like, well, usually after something, after we have a new rule for a week, we pretty much forget that we didn't have that rule. And I don't know, I think the only way we get out of this, as I said, we're, we're taping this now in the last couple of days of October, is Trump has to win, and he has to win big, and then we have to fight back in an absolutely no, uh, I don't wanna say no holds barred, because they're, they're, I don't wanna do everything that they would do. We have to get braver and bolder, and, and these Democrats need to be voted out. They've got to go. They've got to go. These people have no right to be controlling but our lives. Dave, that goes to my first question to you, though. Um, what is going to if I mean, I see the things they're talking about, packing the court, getting rid of the filibuster, um, adding states so they have more yep. control of the Senate and the House, all things that. Every American five years ago would have said, that's nuts. That's insanity. No, we're not going to do that. Um, people during the Great Depression with FDR rejected those ideas and said they were. Joe Biden said that was unconstitutional. Yeah. We have these lockdowns going on. We have all of these things. And 
riots in the streets, burning down the cities. The same people who who are running these cities are Democrats, and they're blaming this on a Republican president when it's been going like this forever. How if they I have, don't see it now? How do you get people to see it? I have tried so hard, and I think I'm making some headway with people just literally in my local community here. Now, when people come up to me on the street when I'm walking my dog, and now obviously they know my politics, and most of them obviously are not right-leaning, it's L.A., but I have been trying so hard to communicate this very simple idea that if you say to somebody in L.A. or you say to someone in San Francisco, Seattle, Portland, you say, is it going well here? How's it going here? Do you feel safe? How's the economy? Like, do you think the operate are the roads clean? You know, what's going on with homelessness? Everyone will tell you it's a disaster. You never meet someone in any of these cities that says it's going well. I mean, try to imagine what it would be like for somebody, New York City, which was my hometown for most of my adult life. I can't imagine even, well, first off, all of my family has now left New York City. Uh, There were times in my family, we could track my family back to about 1908 in New York City. There were times where we had about 60 60 people there. We have one one cousin left, a very distant mm. cousin. I mean, that that tells you something, right? Um, but imagine trying to find a person who lives in New York City who's saying it's going well. It doesn't exist. That's de Blasio, a progressive. We've got Garcetti here in L.A., a progressive. As I said, Gavin Newsom was the, was the mayor in San Francisco, now the governor of California. So one of the things that I've been trying to say to people is, well, all right, I'm with you. I'm with you. We've got major problems here, major problems in these in these cities. You know who runs these cities? And for some reason, they have real they have a real cognitive disconnect between who they're voting for, the policies that they're voting for, and then what's happening. I'll give you one other example of this. You may have seen this a couple of weeks ago. Bill Maher, the standard bearer of the left in, in America, in mm-hmm. Hollywood had Adam Schiff on, okay? Adam Schiff, who I just voted against yesterday, by the way. Good Happy for you. Do it. Um, uh, Adam Schiff, he has Adam Schiff on, and Bill Maher says, I don't, I don't understand, Congressman. Uh, the taxes are high here. The businesses are closing. Nothing's working, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and all my friends are leaving. What am I supposed to do? And Schiff has no answer for it. Well, we're business friendly and blah, blah, blah. Like just, you know, he just gives standard nonsensical talking points. And it's like, I want to turn to Bill Maher and say, do you think that that might have something to do with the people like Adam Schiff, who's sitting across from you, that you keep voting in? You guys keep voting in Nancy Pelosi. You keep voting in Maxine Waters. Maxine Waters, who lives in a $6 million mansion in Hancock Park, which is an incredibly nice area of Los Angeles, while she she's doing South Central LA, that's her that's her area that she's representing, and, and it's a disaster. So trying to get people to connect, oh, we're voting in policies constantly, we're a one-party state, everything's crumbling, but this is the, this is the beauty of Trump. <laughs> They've somehow figured out a way to take all of 40 years of disaster, right, all of these states and cities that have nightmares for decades, they can somehow apply that to the president who's not even in charge of it and has only been around for three and a half years. It's, I mean, it's a cognitive jump that you, you gotta admire in a certain way. There is a really interesting book that has just come out. It's called Not Free America. Um, it is written by Mike Donovan. Now, Mike Donovan is a guy who has fought tyranny for years. He's the founder of the nation's largest pro bono civil rights law firm. Civil rights have taken on a whole new meaning now, haven't they? I mean, civil rights, all of our civil rights are in peril now. 
Donovan puts it in his new book. He says, um, our Bill of Rights has been under attack long before COVID-19 or George Floyd's murder. That's what he talks about in Not Free America. If you refuse to surrender your liberty to any earthly power, you need this book because it not only tells you the problem. We all know the problems. This is something that provides a solution as well. It solves the issue of citizens being used by the government. So I want you to go to notfreeamerica.com. You can take their Liberty Pledge. You can read all about it and then order your copy to find out how to stop the overreach and abuse from our government and what actions you can take to do better. Let's work together and fix our ever compounding liberty crisis in America. If we can just if we can just unite around the concept of liberty, we can create lasting greatness again. Do your part. Go now. Notfreeamerica.com and order your book today. I think they might have been able to do this because people associate him with chaos. And it's easy to do that. He loves chaos. I think he thrives in chaos, which in some ways is kind of a good thing for a president when the country is in chaos. But they they associate him with the chaos. So if we just remove him from the chaos, everything's right. going to be OK. But I've come to a place because I didn't like the chaos that he called uh, that he caused mm-hmm. at the beginning. But I've come mm-hmm. to the place realizing that's the only way to fight this. The only way to fight this is someone who just kicks down walls and says, wow, look at this. What's happening here? And yes, it's chaotic, but it's the only thing they can't fight against. Glenn, it's, it's either that or we're the frog in the slowly boiling pot. If, if anyone listening to this believes what you frame there, that these people fundamentally want to change all these things, pack the court, change the electoral college. By the way, you don't have to believe Glenn and you don't have to believe me. Believe the people who are saying it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Believe, believe the people who are saying it. So if you believe any of those things, and then if you also believe what mainstream media pushes, which is 1619 Project and America was founded on racism and we're fundamentally evil and that capitalism is evil and all of these things. Well, these are the things you're voting in. And if you believe those things to be bad, well, then what will happen is it won't be it won't be tomorrow that they all come to fruition. It will be over the course of a couple of years and, and maybe two decades that they come to fruition. And that's what I mean by the the frog in the slowly boiling mm-hmm. pot. So I've come to the same conclusion, which I would say is a is a uncomfortable conclusion, but it's the same conclusion that you've come to. And by the way, that Ben Shapiro, who did not vote for Donald Trump last time, has come to, which is you need a fighter. And Trump, for whatever his flaws are, and I'm actually sick of talking about his flaws because I don't, I don't see that many anymore. I don't. I'm not saying every decision is right and, and the, the tweeting and all the stuff everyone talks about, okay, fine. But you need someone who will fight this thing. And if you think, you know, these never Trumpers, it's like, man, you guys are gonna vote for Biden who will represent nothing that you've purported to believe in forever just so that you can still go to nice parties. It really is that simple, just so you can get on MSNBC and CNN. And and that is just crazy. So the alternative to Trump, if you're a conservative, is, oh, I just, you know, this is what the media does all the time. Couldn't it have just been McCain? 
couldn't it have been Romney again? And it's like, well, you guys called McCain and Romney racists and misogynists and binders mm-hmm. full of women and the rest of it. So the media loves Republicans when they're neutered and flaccid and, and can't win. That's the great Republican, right? Who does the media love now? Now the media loves George W. Bush because he's a two-term president who's out, who they used to call the devil, but now he's kind of against Trump, although he's been very tempered in that. Uh, and, and I think you have to fight back. And if Trump has done one thing, it is that he has modeled a way for basically anyone that's not woke. I'm not even gonna say conservatives. If you're not woke, Trump has modeled a way for you to fight back. And it's not that you're just fighting back against the Democrats and the progressives, you're fighting the media, you're fighting the system. And for better or worse, Glenn, I, that's that's where I am in the world. It's, you know, I got a I got a I got a lot of uh, heat when I said that um, Donald Trump is liked by so many because he's the only alpha male now out there. There is no every man has been neutered. Um, yeah. And as much as I don't like the way he behaves, you know, on Twitter and women and everything else or his history, um, uh, he's the only guy out there who's a guy and he's like, yeah, I like hot models from Russia. What's wrong with that? Know. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and, and I think that's why a lot of people have been attracted to him because of the lack of fear to be who he is. Cause yeah. that's not acceptable for any of us. Now you can't be who you are. Homosexuals, Dave, you know this. You, if you think that um, the the transgender movement, where you can't have an eight year old decide to become a woman, yeah. It, it, I mean, if you think that's wrong, you don't have a place anymore. You can't no, be who you are. As insane as it is, well, first off, on the alpha male part, I mean, there's something kind of funny. I agree with your premise, but there's something kind of funny about a guy with that much hairspray and spray tan. Right. He's the right. alpha male. I mean, right. It's, it's sort of hilarious at right. some level, but but I think in essence, what you're saying is Trump is himself, and that is true. He's part circus performer in a certain way. He's a part media construct in a certain way. But but Trump, I tweet this all the time. Show me a Democrat who's more authentic than Trump. Is Elizabeth Warren, I'm going to get me a beer and pretend to be a Native American. Is she yeah. more authentic? Is Kamala Harris with her fake laugh more no. authentic? Joe Biden doesn't even know who he is anymore. Is he more authentic? Um, the only one that I could say maybe equals in authenticity, although has all the wrong ideas, is Bernie is Bernie. Yes. Right? Bernie yes. is Bernie. He's been saying the same thing forever. So right. if you if you accept the, that that he is who he is, well, then that's one thing. But in, but everything else, the reason people like Trump is because, the, you know what, Glenn, you're not going to believe this. The average guy likes to bang a chick every now and again. The average guy, you know, like everyone makes an off color joke every now and again. Trump is, again, he's modeling a way that we'll be able to get past this monster. In many ways, me, me voting for Trump, which I very proudly did yesterday, and, and Trump Trump tweeted about me voting for him. I know. Wait, 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 uh, before you say that. Yeah. 2016, were you for Trump? No, I, I this is, you'll love this story. I, I think I've told you a, a part of this before, but I, I, at the time we had just moved and I had to drive about 20 minutes in LA to get to the polling station for my other house. Cause at the time, I think I thought you needed to show an ID. You don't have to show an ID anymore. I did not show mm. an ID yesterday. I just, I literally walked in there. I said my name and my address and they let me go. That means I could walk to the same polling place today 
and I know my neighbor's name and I know his address, I could just walk in there and vote for him. I mean, that, that I know that's a sidebar, but just completely insane. But anyway, four years ago, we're driving about 20 minutes and I didn't know what I was gonna do. I, I despised Hillary and the machine, but could I possibly vote for, for Trump and, and that mm. whatever that thing was, it was still new and weird and, and it was too much chaos and everything else. And I didn't know what to do and I, I got in line we're in West Hollywood. That's where we used to live. And, and it's the gayest place on earth. It's, you know, they've got rainbow crosswalks. Right, right, right. We're in West Hollywood. I'm standing on line at the, at the ballot there at the, at the polling station and I'm behind RuPaul. And I thought this is <laughs> this literally RuPaul standing right in front of me. RuPaul as a man, not as the drag queen, but I'm thinking this, this is the world that we live in. I'm standing behind the drag, the number one drag queen as I'm trying to figure out whom I vote for. Long story short, I voted for, for Gary Johnson because in California I felt I had at least the luxury because it was obviously gonna go blue to do it. I didn't feel I had the luxury this time. It, it, no more of these games, no well, more of these games. I don't this think you have the luxury time. because they're going to use the popular vote. If he loses oh, yeah. the popular vote but wins the Electoral College, so that They'll means go. every yeah. Republican in all the states that always feel like hey, my vote doesn't count. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. This time it does. Um, yeah. I know you're a fan of Star Wars. I'm a fan of Star Wars. Which episode are we living right now? Well, we're in Revenge of the Sith right now. We're in some version of Revenge of Revenge of the Sith where if... There's there's a lot of ways you could do this. But in essence, if Trump loses right now, th this war, the culture war and everything else that we're fighting right now, imagine if Trump loses, now Biden's in charge and now big tech and the Democratic Party are running everything, right? If Jack at Twitter feels no fear anymore, if Zuckerberg at Facebook fear, feels no fear anymore, why couldn't they just start banning everybody? Why, you know, every counter voice? I mean, what's the only thing that has stopped them in any way, even though they're obviously doing all sorts of tricks and, and de-boosting and the rest of it and shadow bans, the only thing that stops them from being overtly Democrat, lefty and everything else is that we've had a Republican president for the last four years. And if he's gone, well, what do you do? You execute Order 66, you take out people like like Beck and Rubin and whoever else, and then and then you basically, you know, you shut down the droid army. I mean, you just shut down all of the counter voices. So all of these people for these last four years who use hashtag resistance as if they're the resistance, they've got Hollywood on their side, they've got the media elite on the side on their side, they've got the colleges and the institutions on their side, and they think they're the resistance. I, I don't need the analogy for it, but in essence, we are the resistance, if you mm -hmm. want to think about it that way. And and it, if big tech can just shut people down, shut down the droid army, shut down their social media accounts, and then you've got you've got one party rule. I think we're closer to that than most people think. If there are um, if there are riots in the streets, if there's violence on the streets, we know the media and the left social media will blame the conservatives if we happen to disagree with the outcome because we think fraud was going on and it's pretty obvious to us i'm not talking about i'm not even talking about 2000 kind of fraud i'm talking about fraud fraud you know what i mean mm -hmm. real problems uh they're going to shut our voices down they've already said they would beginning on the day of election well, there's so many ways to think about this that some of them I don't even want to voice because I don't want to even add, add energy to it. But one of the ones that I've been thinking about is what happens if on election night, 
the, the powers that be at ABC, CBS, NBC, CNN, et cetera, let's say things are really coming in close. But in the old days where it was like, oh, it's, it's three points, that actually is a lot, three points towards Trump, you call it. You, you call it, we've done our due diligence, you call it. Well, what if they're, I'm not saying they're sitting in a room, in a dark room with evil laughter necessarily, but the idea being that most of these people obviously are Democrats, they're media elite, they, they don't want to give up their power. Why wouldn't they be on the phone going, you know what, we're actually just not gonna call Florida. Yeah, it's three points on Trump, but we're not gonna really say that or, some, or we're just not gonna call it. And then ABC doesn't call it, then NBC doesn't call it, then CNN doesn't call it. So I'm worried about that layer. It's, it's not just voter fraud in terms of the numbers. Oh, yeah. It's actually the numbers translating into what the media will then communicate with us. I, I'm actually more worried about that. So we, we, man, it is gonna be a crazy week. But real quick on the violence part, because you're right, of course they're gonna blame Trump supporters for the violence, even though again, in Philadelphia, these are BLM people and Antifa people, and in every city that's what it is. These are not Trump supporters. Trump supporters are the ones on the, on the bad end of the violence often. Um, but they will blame, they will blame for violence and everything else. I think the difference will be that if Trump wins and these cities keep going up in flames, I think he will finally feel that he can exert power the way he wants. Now, those of us that are on the libertarian side of this, that's something we always want to watch out for, right? It's not, I know you don't want fed, federal troops. I don't want federal troops. I don't want federal police. I want them under the direction of the governor, not the, not the federal government. So then philosophically, what do you do with that? Because I'm struggling with this one. No, I know. I've actually remain a union. What do you do? What do you do if the cities won't take care of themselves? I know I've I've talked about that with Mike Lee and Ted Cruz, and I haven't had a good answer yet, because at some point, if it's an insurrection and that's what this is, a destroy the United States of America. um, And if it's an insurrection, the federal government has a responsibility to protect people like you who is caught up in it and your neighborhood is on fire. Where's the Calvary? Where's the good guy? Um, But I, it it makes me very uncomfortable. There's no great answer on it. I've talked to Ted Cruz about it a little bit too. And of course, this is not someone that wants to send the feds into into Los Angeles or anywhere else. But at some point, I mean, and again, this is this is the difference between the slow death of the of the frog in the boiling pot versus let everything out and and let's have whatever that battle is. I'm not not calling for violence, but knowing that they want violence. Well, then what do you do if if it's a city like Seattle where you absolutely know the mayor will do nothing and good people are going to watch their livelihoods and potentially their lives destroyed and then you know at the same time that the governor is going to do absolutely nothing if anything they'll add fuel to the flame then if we are to remain a union if if the united states of america actually means anything then 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 you can't let a state or a city fail and yes, I, I talked about it with Judge Jeanine. I mean, he could use the Insurrection Act. It, it's a crazy thing to talk about, but there, there are. No, but it is an insurrection. There are tools Dave, in the tool belt. Dave, yeah. at what point? And this is what I asked the head of Department of Homeland Security. Look, I'm not a fan of Department of Homeland Security. I've always, I've been against that from the yeah. get-go. I don't like it. Yeah. But at what point does the label insurrection fit? At what point? No, I know. It, it, it's actually very similar to your earlier question about the line of when do you get out if it just at the individual level. It's like, what is the moment that this is a true insurrection? And if it's fueled by the media 
and it's fueled by these shadowy groups and you've got just, like the thing is, and I think this is partly why Trump will win, is that for the people that, you know, that are sort of in the middle right now, so they're not, you know, they're MAGA hat wearers and they're not just, you know, old, they're just not progressives that are automatically going blue. The average person, they do want law and order. You know, nobody's, nobody's loving this right now except the people that think this is the thing that could topple the United States. The, the progressives and the media kind of love it, right? The media's getting clicks, they're getting views, and the progressives who actually think, oh, we've got, we've got the US on the ropes. You know, we just need the knockout punch. They're loving it. Everybody else, which is, which is probably 80% of Americans, we would just like some decency back. That's it. We we want to be able to go back into New York City and see stores open again and live like people, Seattle, Portland, all of these areas. The only people want, who want this are, are the radicals and the people that want to flip the so system. So then and, why? And again, Trump is probably the only one who will do anything to stop it. It's crazy. So then why when Joe Biden says in his, I just saw his latest TV commercial where he's like, look, the violence in the streets has got to stop the chaos. We just want to be decent people because that's who we are. We help each other. We're, we're peaceful people. We'll work together. We'll reach across the aisle. Why shouldn't you believe that? Well, you shouldn't believe it because if Joe Biden was right about anything, then the base, which says America is evil, wouldn't be voting for Joe Biden, right? I mean, it, it, it simply doesn't make sense. The guy's been in, in public life for 47 years. He was vice president for eight years, senator for many years before that. He also had to had to resign from a presidential run because of plagiarism. We don't talk about that anymore. On top of all of the stuff with Hunter Biden and everything else, um, the idea that he putting aside the cognitive stuff and that he'd be 81 by mm -hmm. the end and the energy of the left, the idea that who we are as a people, I mean, I think part of the issue is we don't know who we are anymore at some level. You know, just yesterday as I was voting, you also get to vote on those propositions. I voted against Proposition 15 in California, which is to literally put discrimination back into our laws. Does that it, pass? That Do you think that's going to pass? I Oh, I think it probably will pass, so, meaning that the government, when hiring people, will take into account color of skin, gender, sexuality. This is the reverse of what Martin Luther King wanted, which is why they'll take down his statues one day, too. But I, but systemic racism, they talk about systemic racism, which doesn't exist, meaning racism that's built into our laws. It doesn't exist. But that they are is the ones that are literally putting it on the ballot in California. I voted against it yesterday and I, I pray that uh, that good people will vote against it. Um, I, I don't know that they will in this crazy in this crazy uh, state. If the if the country just if we are dragged through a you know florida 2000 thing um i think it's going to be much worse we won't have the the temperament to deal with it quite so long um yeah and the world goes crazy how, how do we ever come back together dave when people are voting for i mean look I, my viewpoint on california california i've always wanted to live in california i grew up in the pacific northwest my dream was to live in southern california yeah. but not now it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy what they've done to a great state and great cities. It's just destroyed. Um, and I don't I don't want any of their high taxes and everything else. So I don't care what California does. I don't live there for a reason. Um, but with that being said, 
when people are trying to force every state to be the same and they want us to do those things and they really believe that a discrimination law is not racist i how do we come back together how do we survive that right the, the same stuff that we were all erasing in 1964 with the civil rights act is the stuff that they're trying to inject into the system Correct. right now so i think i think that fundamentally the asymmetry is this for those of us that are right-leaning, you're conservative, you're libertarian, whatever it is, uh, people that disagree with us, they, they might think we're, or even within, within our circles, let's say, we have disagreements about policy, we have dif disagreements about economics, all, all sorts of disagreements, but we fundamentally want to keep this experiment going. We are now fighting with a side that doesn't want to. So there is nothing that they won't do to upend it. That's the part that that I think a lot of people are having trouble understanding. When you again, when you ask me about those those decent mm -hmm. Democrats at the beginning, they're really shell shocked like this. Imagine if you're a baby boomer, you're in your 60s, an old school Democrat. Well, you're you could see why you'd be looking around going, I I don't recognize that thing, and not fully understand how profoundly out of control it is. When, when uh, you know, Ilhan Omar, when the New York Times does a fluff piece on her and she talks about burning it all down, when Pete Buttigieg was still in the, the Democratic primary and turned to Bernie and said, you wanna burn it all down. These are the Democrats, these are what they're saying. So one side is trying to keep things together. It doesn't mean we're right about everything, but that we're trying to keep this experiment going. Right. The other side is saying, we will do literally everything from violence to changing all of the rules and whatever else it might take to do it. You gotta pick a side. And that's why the, the third party vote this time, I had Joe Jorgensen on, she said to me at the end, you know, she's the libertarian candidate, she said, are you gonna vote for me? And I said, no, I said, not this time, because the stakes, the stakes actually are too high. Not like every four years when they say, oh, this is the most important election of your lifetime. This this one is It's funny because I talked to her, too, and I said the same I said the same thing to her. I, I may have voted for her in other years, not this yeah. year. Um, if, if you lose this election to the left, you lose yeah. your foundation of liberty. There is no battle after that. I mean, you lose it, especially with high tech, the way they have cornered the freedom of speech and they. They have all of us pinned. You want to erase people. Um, this is Hitler's dream. It's his dream. It wouldn't be a Jew. On, idea, you wouldn't be sitting here if he had this kind yeah. of technology. Look, that's what we're fighting against. So when I say that in many ways, a vote for Trump isn't from a lot of people a pure, oh, this is the guy I want to be president vote, but it's a vote against that. It's a vote against big tech tyranny. It's a vote against uh, the, the media companies and all of the nonsense that, that we're being pushed all the time. That's what it is. And, and um, so imagine we lose. Imagine Trump loses right now. I'll say we. Imagine we lose. What does America look like on January 21st of next year? You have a president who, in effect, you have no idea what he believes, but it's fairly obvious he's not really in charge. You have a base that will then do ev everything possible to change everything. So if you don't think America is pretty decent, then, then I guess you should vote for that. But if, if you think that this has been okay, and, and think back to your ancestors, as I always tell people, think back to your grandparents. You got it better or you got it worse. I know you got it better if you're in America, 
well, then there's something worth worth clinging on to. And is it strange that Donald Trump is the one saving it? Is that odd? Is that a sci-fi movie? Does it make sense? It's all weird, but here we are. So you just said Biden's not in charge. No, no way. Is, is Kamala in charge or who's in charge? Uh, I mean, that's the million dollar question. It's like, what is the DNC at this point, right? Like, what is that machine? Is it the Clinton machine? Is it somehow, has that shifted sort of to an Obama machine? Is that even it at this point? Like, who really is in charge? I don't know the answer to that. I, I don't know that that anyone in our space really knows the answer. Um, it's clearly well-funded and has tons of connections in all the media companies and can leak stories to the New York Times and, and CNN and everywhere else. I don't know what it is, um, but I'm fairly certain that if, if Joe Biden becomes president, you will pretty much never hear from Joe Biden. They'll issue statements every now and again. He'll never do live press conferences. They will basically hide him away. Kamala will be out there every now and again. But the idea that that will be the decision maker, that that man will be the decider, no way. Absolutely no way. That's a little terrifying. Yeah. I mean, this is where we are. It's where we are. This is what anyone who cares about freedom, anyone who cares about the United States, I don't see it any other way. You know me, I'm not an alarmist. I don't sit on my show screaming about things all day and and try to gin everybody up. I actually usually try to do the reverse of it. But I've come to believe that this is now the situation we're in. He's He's the guy keeping the barbarians at the gate and I refuse to cut that guy's Achilles heel so that I can feel good about myself. Tell me about, um your feelings about Kamala Harris? Well, look, the base hated her, right? The base hated her. After the first debate, everyone was like, all right, she's gonna be the winner, she's gonna be the winner. And then they had some primaries and she dropped out early and nobody liked her. She, and she is only at about 3%. She's one of the most unlikable people Unbelievable. I've ever seen. And that's saying something because the last time they put Hillary Clinton up. I mean, she's cut <laughs> from that same cloth, the fake laugh and the... And the condensation, uh, you know, um, uh, just she looking down on everyone. I mean, I the condescending attitude condescension, is just. Condescension. Yeah, condescension. Not condensation. Yeah, no, I know. Condescension <laughs> is, it, it's crazy. It's crazy yeah. how every, if you're, if you disagree, she just talks down to you. Just talks down yep. to you. Um, yeah. So. I think she's terrible. I, I, I think she's pretty terrible. She's deeply inauthentic. Um, she, I don't know really what she believes, whether she's a little more moderate than the, than the Bernie believer, uh, portion of this thing or not. I I don't know what she believes, but I absolutely would, would fear that she would be in charge. You know, the most memorable moment of the debates was when, uh, Joe Biden was asked about using an executive action on guns. Mm -hmm. And Biden said, Biden said it would have to be constitutional. And Kamala looked at him and started with that crazy cackle, Mm -hmm. that laugh. And she said, Joe, Joe, can't we just say, yes, we can. (laughs) And it's like, well, Biden's in the wrong room talking about the Constitution, right? Because nobody in that room cares about the Constitution. But Biden actually told the truth. You can't just use an executive action to override one of our God-given rights that's that's enshrined in the Bill of Rights. You can't do that. That, that. You can't do it. They'd like to do it. You can't do it. But her flippancy, 
her flippancy of saying constitution what, what, what are you talking well, about she went, yes we can she went she f- loves power she went further than that because i i remember that i remember that moment because i agree with you that was one of the most powerful moments in that whole debate um she went further than that she said i will give congress a hundred days to solve oh, yeah. it and yeah, if yeah. they haven't i will pass an executive order that is the definition of a dictator Glenn, I, I know you're a man of history. Why did we leave England again? What was the thing? Why were we leaving? <laughs> tea. It was something about bad tea. Something I think about that's tea. what it was. Yeah. 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 Um, I'll give them 100 days or what? Or what, what are you saying? I mean, really, but that's, but that's what they think. That's what they think either we want over us or that they have the power to do. And well, it's our Elon job Elon Omar stop has that. talked about that. Elon Omar said, look, the people who voted for Bernie we're very clear. Now those people are voting for George uh, for uh, Joe Biden and it's clear and he's got a mandate. That's what the people want. They're coming in with this feeling that we want we're going to change the whole system because that's what the people want. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, you know, I know you know a lot of my my old circle and the the intellectual dark web crew and it was mostly lefties. A lot of them, you know, you know, Jordan Peterson has had personal problems, so he's been sort of MIA. Uh, ben is obviously, Ben Shapiro is supporting Trump, but the liberal wing of it, whoever's left, they've all sort of become irrelevant in a weird way. I don't mean that as a knock to anybody, um, but you know, I think the Biden-Trump thing, the Biden thing is so bad that, but they're so afraid of saying that they're Trump supporters in essence, that they, they just say nothing. You know, and if, if you're a public intellectual in 2020 and you can't say, what, you know, what you're for, what are you doing? Give me a couple. Give me a couple predictions. First of all, what does the media do if Trump wins? What's the next four years look like if Trump wins for the media? Well, I'll make the, I'll, I'll make the first prediction, which is that I do think Trump will win. I really do. I don't think the polls mean anything. I think this is that you fooled us last time and you didn't really fool me because I kind of thought he was going to win. I was on Joe Rogan that day and that's what I said. Uh, but the polls are nonsense. They're even closer than they were last time with Hillary. And now you have people rewriting history and saying, oh, no, you could see Hillary's numbers cratering three days before. It's like, no, that's not really true. So I do think he Will win because I think there's an excited base. Biden has a depressed base. His base, in some ways, hates him because he's always running against his own base. I'm not for the Green Deal. What? What? I thought you were for it. Mm-hmm. So the base doesn't even like him. On top of the fact that there are no rallies, they're not. They're barely campaigning. You know everything else. Trump is out there. There's an excited base. I don't think the polls mean anything. So I do think Trump will win. Although I, my one little asterisk there will be what I talked about before. Will will the media report? on what actually happened. Hang on just a second. Uh, will there be yeah. will there be fraud? All of these Well, I would it, it, it depends how you want to define fraud at this point. Will there be fraud? Well, there probably always has been always fraud, has been. some level of fraud. I mean mass scale fraud. Look, in in the complete chaos that we live in right now, the idea that they pushed mail-in ballots at such a high level, like as if we needed another, yeah. we needed another X factor in the right. equation and right. they felt that we have to do this, that kind of tips it off that, yeah, they're looking to do something with that. Again, the, you know, the more that we talk about these things, it, it starts adding legitimacy to the illegitimacy. And I, and I sometimes am worried about that. Uh, because without without the belief that this is a legitimate process, then we really don't have anything else. You know, we don't have any of the stuff that, that you and I talk about all the time. Um, but w- what will the media do? Well, you know, they're going to be a lot of alcoholics on CNN. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I mean, you know, 
<laughs> you know, these, these, these are not journalists. Remember, these are not journalists. I mean, show me someone on CNN who is not a Democrat. Is Jake Tapper a Democrat? Yes. Is Don Lemon a Democrat? Yes. Is Wolf Blitzer a Democrat? Dana Bash, John King, the list goes on and on. They are all Democrats. So the idea that they're going to be able to report on this honestly I just don't see it. Let's ABC. Who's the head of ABC News? George Stephanopoulos. You're not going to believe what he used to do. He was head of communications for Bill Clinton. How bizarre. You know, it's like the idea that we're going to trust these people at this point is crazy. And and for as long as me and you got wires and pipes that we can get information out to, uh, that I think that's the hope. I think that's the only hope in a bizarre sense. Dave, thank you. It's good to be your friend, uh, and you are a remarkably honest man and, uh, and brave. Thank you. Glenn, this is a fine mess you got me into. You know, I've been thinking about this all day, and I've been thinking, this is the guy that was with the Young Turks. And you, I mean, it's just, you're not the same person. I've seen the thing, man. I, I've seen that thing. And are you I happier? Know what it is. Oh, happier. I'm a, I'm a million times happier. I think I, I think I look better genuinely. I, I, I take better care of myself. I mean, that, that's a whole other thing about, about, you know, there is some element to, to if you believe in the individual and taking care of your own life and a lot of Jordan Peterson kind of stuff versus, oh, life just happens to me. Why are the social justice warriors, right. you know, they, they look a certain way. They don't comb their hair. They, you know, all this stuff. It's like, go to the dentist every now and again. <laughs> you know, you should, go, you should go twice a year. I think you're supposed to go. So, yes, I'm happier. And I don't know if I don't know if, you know, that's a little bit of chicken and, and the egg. But I think it's first that I started taking my life more seriously and thinking about these things seriously. And once you do that and then start taking care of yourself. Well, then you realize, oh, I don't need that big machine that I wanted to be my parents. I, I, I don't need that thing. I don't and you need don't that even it, it, it's it's weird because when sometimes when you're confronted with really tough questions, if you've thought the big principles through those questions that come by every day, it's like you don't even have to think. You just know because the the umbrella works you know what i mean the big questions are answered and so the umbrella works where you're always trying if not because i was like this you're always trying to go well but that doesn't really fit well yeah it's fine and nothing works and when you're out of sync with so many things it's hard glenn we could have we could have done an hour on this because you know if if you look at your life seriously and and think through the existential stuff at some level. It doesn't mean you have all the answers, of mm -hmm. course. No, no human has all the answers. But if you do that honestly, well then when, when, some, when you wake up in the morning and you look at Twitter and you see political chaos, it won't send your whole day off into a tizzy. It's not to say that that stuff isn't important, but you will understand that there is something else that life is about that will keep you grounded. But but if your world is just politics, how many Democrats are in the House of Representatives and what did they vote on today? Well, you'll always be looking, as my friend Peter Thiel says, you'll always be looking horizontally and you'll never be looking vertically. And and if you do that, you're missing part of what life is about. Mm -hmm. And I think that that my political evolution is not coincidentally attached to my personal evolution yeah, those things yeah. come together thanks a lot dave and i enjoy being in the fight with you man yeah me too me too it's good to have you in the ranks god bless you always thank you
just a reminder, I'd love you to rate and subscribe to the podcast and pass this on to a friend so it can be discovered by other people. 